that you've joined me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I'd very much appreciate it as it will help dynamic people such as yourself optimally find this podcast and add it to their library of favorite podcasts. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I'd love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate, support your returning citizens in your various organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. In life, we worry about so much. I worry about different things to various degrees, as we all do. It could be thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. Is the young lady I want to ask out on a date going to say yes? Are we getting promoted at work? Will this new business venture work? And something we're all dealing right now is the state of the COVID-19 pandemic, such as when will it end? Do I get that vaccine or not? When will I get that vaccine? Being concerned about being separated from family or friends. And of course, we show love, prayers, and hugs to the over 500,000 fellow Americans who have transitioned due to COVID-19. And we keep their families and friends and loved ones in our, in our thoughts as well. In the reentry journey, there are plenty of things we worry about, such as work, any sources of income that we're gonna have, getting health insurance, relationships, are we gonna have police contact? What is our relationship with our probation or parole officer? mental health challenges, going to school, so many concerns, just to name a few. But at the end of the day, we still have to get living. Numerous studies demonstrate that 85 to 91% of issues we worry about never come to fruition. They never happen. So think about it. 85 to 91% of things we worry about will never happen. They never come to fruition. But then collectively, we give so much energy to that, to things we worry about. Even in, those face, even in the face of those statistics that I just gave you, the feelings of worry still dominate us. And why is that? Because these feelings are real. They're as real as the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat. My mother, may she rest in peace, she was a worrier. And I don't say that as a bad thing. She was a champion that raised two kids as a widow and earned her stripes in life, and I'm confident she's enjoying her place in paradise. But of course, you know, she was a warrior. You're raising two kids by yourself all of a sudden. And watching that behavior, it would make me a warrior. And then over the years, I had to shift that paradigm in my mind. Worrying really is really like taking in empty calories. Like, you know, when you drink a soda, quenches your thirst, but it really has no nutritional value. That's what worrying is all about. There's no value to it. We're just taking in those empty calories. Because when you worry, it's taking a great toll on your emotional and physical health. It could lead to having poor judgment. It'll sap your emotional strength. It could lead to poor decision-making, making you restless and jumpy, even cause insomnia and headaches. And then it can even physically manifest as well to having stomach problems, muscle tension, and then you have it, then you find it hard to concentrate on different tasks at hand. At the end of the day, there really just isn't a positive return on investment 
when it comes to worrying. When I first came home over 20 years ago, I felt that I needed to catch up on the six months that I missed. And it's so funny to say that because I work with clients who have been gone for five years, 10 years, 20 years, even someone 25 years recently. But even though I was only gone for six months, they probably felt the same way that I felt too, as far as needing to catch up. But I felt I needed to catch up on that time because I felt like those six months I was away. And then of course I was worried about all the energy that I gave towards pre-trial and the action and then of course during that trial and then there were so many things that were going on in my mind such as now i'm home to raise the raise my children be a custodian of my finances go through job searches think about if i want to do any further academic pursuits and then i really let the bad thinking get in my mind i started getting caught up in comparing myself to my peers and my friends and other family members as far as where they were in life I was like, they're doing so well, and I'm like doing so badly. I felt I had to play catch up, and I was getting caught up in what people were thinking of me or what, the, what I thought they were thinking of me, which at the end of the day, let me tell you, whether it's good or bad, it's really none of our business what people think of, what th people think of us. It's, nobody's it's not your business what people think of you, and it certainly wasn't my business what people think of me. Why? At the end of the day, you have to run your own race. And at that time, and even today, I had to run my own race. And no matter how many empty calories of worry I was intaking, I had to run my own race because my success or failure was going to be up to me. And while I was investing in what other people were thinking, it was making no sense. And, you know, while I was investing in what other people thought, guess what at the end of the day? Everybody I was giving energy thinking about what they were thinking of me, what they could be doing, they wasn't worried about what I was thinking. They were running their own race and leaving me in the dust while I was continuing to take in empty calories. So I had to make that change. I had to decide what I was going to do. I had to decide if I was going to put that first foot, that right foot in front of the left foot and start making progressive movements. I had to make a change. I had my Bible. I was reading my Bible every day and I had numerous self-help books. So anything self-help book that was on sale, I bought it and I looked through it. But at this stage of the game, I knew what a book could not tell me to do. And that was to either take action or stay where I was. At the end of the day, I was home, I was free, and now was the time to get living. Now that you're on your re-entry journey, what's worrying you? I was on my the beginning of my re-entry journey, and I had to think about what was worrying me. I had to worry about how to get living. And then these were some of the steps that I took and that I think you could take, and, that, and steps that I still follow today when I feel the empty calories are creeping in, the empty calories, those negative thoughts of worry when they come in, because I don't want them to be part of my diet, and I certainly don't want them to be part of your diet. Number one, when I get worried or worked up, I set a time and place to get through what's worrying me. Remember, most of us as kids, we didn't like to eat our vegetables. We didn't like to eat our Brussels sprouts. When you didn't have the, when you didn't have the opportunity to get around it from mom and dad to eat the vegetables, what did you have to do? Just have to eat them and get it over with. And that's what I did. I said, let me just eat them and get it over with. So what do I do when I get worried? I have a small couch that's by my bed. Small couch, so I sit by, I sit by it. And then I give myself a five minute time limit. That's it. 
five minute time limit to get through in my mind what's worrying me, and then I get on with my day. But this is not something that you want to do before you go to bed, because if you do that before you go to bed, you're going to be you're going to be suffering from insomnia and you're going to have those things on the, um, active in your mind. So when I get through that five minute limit as far as, OK, what's what's worrying me? Let me take that inventory and really think about what's going on. I then break out my notebook again. We've talked about that in, in previous seasons and previous episodes. I break out my notebook and I write down those worries. So if I write them down, I give the right to get back to it later, to look at it later. So later on, I'll review the notes and then I'll see, are these worries still relevant? Have I taken care of these during the course of the day? And then I go through the process of distinguishing what can I solve and what can't I solve? I go through that brainstorming process to decide what's in my sphere of control and then take a pulse of what's uncertain. And after I've gone through that brainstorming process, I go to my action plans. I go to the vision board. We've spoken about the vision board before. I look at my beginning point and my end point and I work out everything that's in the middle for things that are solvable. And then after I do that, during the course of the day when I do my exercises, I, I usually try to destroy the worry circle and cycle. And one of the first things I do is I'll do my exercise. I do about three to five miles on average every day. I'll do my power walking or whatever exercises that I want to do. And that helps me destroy the worry cycle. And during that exercise, I'll meditate. I'll pray on it. I listen to calm music. And then I really take in a lot of deep breathing during that during that exercise period. Not the deep breathing not only helps with you physically, but it certainly helps with the mental part of getting through what's what's worrying you. And we'll talk about that a little later. And then I talk it through with people that that care about me. Because there's nothing wrong with talking it out and talking it through. People may have perspectives for you that you didn't even think about. But I will say this, I am very selective about the support system that I bring into my circle of what I'm worried about. I make sure that it's a strong support system and I'm very selective as to who I speak to about this stuff. My criteria is that someone has to be honest with me, they have to be respectful of me, and they have to be compassionate. We have those friends that are a little rough around the edges, they're the bulls in the china shop, and sometimes those type of friends are really good as far as getting advice from, but then there's other times where I just say, you know what, I need, I, I, I need somebody to have a more gentle touch with it. I'm not saying they shouldn't be honest, but you could be honest, but got to be respectful, got to be compassionate when we have those conversations. And you can't have them with everybody. So like I said, you have to be selective as far as who you talk it out with. And then you go through mindfulness exercises during the course of the day. And when you're going through mindfulness, a lot of times, well, let me first say in the pandemic, we now we're in the pandemic, a lot of people talk about taking time to be mindful and to spend the time meditating and things of that nature. And it sounds like a good thing, but not a lot of people really know what mindfulness is. But mindfulness is really an opportunity for you to acknowledge and observe your worries. And it really that's really designed to let your worries go. And you stay focused on the present when you're going through your mindfulness exercise. And it's something that you can repeat daily because it really does help going through that process. And when you're going through mindfulness, you always want to pick a quiet place to do it. Stay in a comfortable chair, make sure it's a chair, and you have your back sitting up straight. And when you're going through the mindfulness, you want to close your eyes. And when you're closing your eyes, you want to breathe in your nose and breathe out your mouth. 
And remember, you want to feel it in your abdomen. You want to feel the breathing in and the breathing out. So you close your eyes, breathe in your nose, and breathe out your mouth. And you make sure you feel it in your abdomen fully. Then you focus on your breathing. At this point, you're doing nothing but focusing on your breathing. Breathe in your nose and out your mouth. Breathe in your nose and breathe out your mouth. Your mind may wander, but you want to focus on your breathing. Breathing in your nose and breathing out your mouth. You focus on your breathing. You do this about three or four times a week, 10 minutes each time that you're doing it, and you'll be surprised as, the as to the results you'll get. So when you're thinking through these steps, think through this as well. What were you worried about a year ago at this time? Now, most of us will say, well, okay, we was worried about the COVID-19 pandemic. We was on the onset of the pandemic. So that's easy to remember what you was worried about a year ago. But in a normal scenario, it's probably a 50-50 proposition that maybe you remember what was bothering you and then maybe you don't. Last year at this time when the COVID-19 pandemic first started, I started working from home. I do remember a handful of things I was going through at the time personally and professionally. There were numerous things. But without going through the rigmarole of what was going on, even in remembering what was going on, what I do remember is most of those things that I was worried about those things have settled themselves out. I'm recovered from those situations. And if there's anything I don't remember, I know I've bounced back because I'm here talking to you and I'm here able to continue to move on progressively each and every day. But definitely try these steps because I've done that and that has certainly helped me. And you could do it. You could do the same thing. But think about it. Are there anything, anything that's pestering you right now? I'm quite sure there's things that are pestering you right now. But let me give you a little spoiler alert. I know things will turn out all right. I know things will turn out all right. And you know things will turn out all right. Why did I realize in myself that I know things will turn out all right? I basically gave it up to God because he equipped me to follow the steps that I've shared with you. So I reduced my empty calories of worry. And I work on not giving worry all my time all the time. It's always a process, so I'm not saying it's totally perfected, but it's a process that I've worked on all the time. I'm not going to sit there and give worry my time, certainly not when 85 to 91% of things will definitely not happen. And you should not give worry all your time because the statistics are in your favor. 85 to 91% of the things that you're worrying about will not happen, and now you have the steps to get through it. If you need assistance with getting through these steps, then contact me and work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I would love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. You could be a returning citizen, a coaching client, or you could be the representative of that business college or university that look, that's looking to optimize engagement with your employees and your students. If you're in this situation, please feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or reach out to me via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Right now, when you're talking about the next hour, the next minute, the next moment, the new day, you've been blessed with your second chance and you got it in your hands. You are equipped in your hands to make the best of it. So I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all. Take care and we'll talk again next week.